podcast is brought to you by Nova Southeastern University's Fischler School of Education and Human Services. The Fischler School has the largest graduate school of education at an accredited university, serving more than 14,000 students each academic year in some 55 cities across the United States, plus approximately 40 other countries. This is Dr. Marilyn Gardner. Hello, and thank you for joining us here today at the United States Distance Learning Association podcast. And I would like to welcome you to our podcast that is entitled Virtual Savvy, A Female Leader's Secret to Success. And we have with us today Julie Young. Julie, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. We're so happy that you could find the time out of your crazy schedule to be here. Many of you may be familiar with uh, Julie's leadership in the industry. She is currently president and CEO of Florida Virtual School. Julie actually launched the first statewide public virtual school in the country in 1997. Talk about being cutting edge. I think even as impressive, if not more impressive, is that eSchool News, a leading national educational technology journal, named Julie as one of the top national education leaders who have made a profound impact on educational technology in this past decade, which is very, very impressive. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I think it's important to note I'm an honorable mention among giants in the field, but I'm pleased to be on the same page with the likes of the the leaders that they have chosen. That's great. Thank you. Since 1997, Julie has dedicated her time, energy, and resources to create and grow the Florida Virtual School, which serves more than 80,000 Florida students in the current school year. In recognizing Julie uh, for her efforts, eSchool acknowledged Florida Virtual School as one of the first and most successful virtual schools in the country. So congratulations, because under your leadership, I'm told, Florida Virtual Schools has had a project with the Florida Legislature grown to be a national model for delivering high-quality online courses. The programs that you, I know, personally have spearheaded, Julie, have been showcased by the U.S. Department of Education as a model virtual learning program and was recently recognized by Florida Tax Watch as a viable and innovative educational endeavor that works something to be said in education so for all your hard work over the last decade. Julie, really why you're here today is also to talk about your topic, uh, success. Obviously, you've had success with Florida Virtual School and with its leadership position in the industry and the fact that your leadership has played a key role in taking the dream of virtual school into reality. And I guess I would like to ask, and I know our audience would be interested also, could you share with us not only your philosophy on leadership, but also maybe some tips for others who are aspiring uh, leaders in the field. If you could share some of your thoughts on that. Sure, Marilyn, I'd be happy to. I think leadership is a most interesting science. I think it's also an art, and I think leaders can certainly be grown. I don't think that leaders have to be born. I think that leaders can be grown. But my philosophy on leadership is don't get so hung up on yourself. 
I think that leadership is a privilege. I think that it's also a huge responsibility to others and that being able to influence people to move in a direction that you've established where they are a willing and excited participant really for me defines true leadership. And what I tell my staff all the time is I work for you. My job is to make sure that the obstacles are moved and that you have the path that you need to be most successful in your endeavors. And that's my job is I work for you. And I do think that that attitude has significantly helped me move an organization of this size with such rapid growth forward because there's a tremendous amount of trust in those relationships. So first and foremost, that's that I think is, is most important is a, don't get so hung up over yourself. That's a great approach. I think that's excellent advice. Well, and I think for some leaders, you can easily get caught up in all of the all of the successes and the accolades, et cetera. And those are really uh, a result of the people around you who you've chosen mm -hmm. to support you. And I, I hope I never, ever forget that because well spoken. I, I, I truly believe that. But if I look at my success and kind of my philosophy on leadership and what, what tips I might give to other aspiring leaders, I define three things. First and foremost, hire great people. Hire people who are smarter, better than you are. Hire people who fill your gaps. So recognizing what your strengths are and then looking for other people who have completely different strengths. And being very open about that. At the Florida Virtual School, every new employee reads the book, Discover My Strengths. Mm -hmm. They all take the test. We chart and map 750 employees' strengths and sort them and categorize them. And when we get ready to hire a new employee or move uh, someone internally to a new team, we look at those strengths. And so someone might come in and have just an outstanding interview with us, but if they don't have the strengths that are lacking on that team, they won't get the job. What an impressive approach. Uh, it, it has really helped us as an organization. The other thing it does is, you know, oftentimes you work with people and you kind of figure out, well, I'm good at this, but, and I really am not that great at that, but if I don't do that, someone's going to think that I'm, I'm a slacker. Yes. I don't want to do this kind of work. I just want to do this kind of work. Yes. And yes. what it really has done for us is, is has uh, put all the cards on the table so that when you're sitting around with your team, you kind of go, okay, this is what I do well. This is what you do well. Obviously, this is what you like to do. You know, and then you become a very well orchestrated team. So hiring great people is certainly um, first and foremost, and those people that can keep your culture, because I believe that a huge part of Florida Virtual School's success is the culture that we've created, the family culture and the, the, the passion for education. We have 750 some odd employees and our retention rate versus attrition rate is 92%, which is really unheard of in education Excellent. at this time. And I think it has a lot to do with the, with the culture. Secondly is to macro-manage. <laughs> and I think this one is a difficult one. And, you know, I've always in my life been a fixer. 
at home, you know, my kids can't find something. I'm the first to go find it. I can always put my hands yes. on it. So, you know, as a leader, I think it's really important not to be a fixer. I think it's important to really be a great listener and help teach people how to fish. I think once you have the right people, then you make them highly accountable and then you let them go. And you expect that there will be mistakes and you openly kind of embrace those mistakes and you learn from those mistakes and hopefully you don't make them again. But I'm really into the philosophy of prove it and do it and show me and proof that you know what you're proposing will work. Give me the facts, implement it, and then show me it's working or blow it up and start it again. One of the things I think that we sometimes do as we set strategic plans, as with schools, we have these school years that we live under, is we design programs, plans, policies, processes, and we realize that they are not working, but we've implemented them. Therefore, it would be too disruptive during, quote unquote, this school year to change the plan. Mm -hmm. And so we live with that. Mm -hmm. And I am not a believer in that. And I know my staff knows that when we try new things, I think they're less fearful because they know that if it doesn't work, we will change it and we will not wait till the perfect time. We will, we will recognize it and we will change it. So I think uh, being able to blow it up and start again and, and helping people who you've delegated to, to really understand that they need to recognize that. Then third, I think I believe that you should never settle and that no matter how good or how great that uh, you believe you're doing, no matter how wonderful your results are, no matter how cost-efficient that you are, effective that you are, that we can always be better. And I, I love Jim Collins's book, Good to Great. What I love most about it is the statement that good is truly the enemy of great. And that so often, if it's okay, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Well, I believe that if it's not broken, break it and then fix it again. Because I think you can just always be better and, and that we get very comfortable. So I believe that status quo is not an option. I also very much believe that we should always be looking forward three to five years to see where do we need to be there and what will we be doing differently to get where we want to be in three to five years. Some excellent advice and some great tips. Thank you. What are the two books, again, that you would suggest that you just mentioned? Well, the so one that I mentioned was um, Jim Collins' uh, Good to Great. Right. And um, currently reading a book called Influencer. The name mm -hmm. of it is Influencer, and I, there has escaped my mind right now. And But it's a fabulous book that really talks about how do you lead through influence. Mm -hmm. And rather than focusing on you changing someone else's behavior, how do you get them to focus on the need for them to change their own behavior? But it's a it's an amazing book for Oh, that's for excellent. What do you actually think? You, you've had, obviously, a lot of success in your career, and professionally and what do you think are your secrets to success do you have some secrets you want to share that would be helpful sure I, my career has been fairly traditional in terms of an educator's career ladder but you know I started out as a classroom teacher I, you know did the gamut of elementary and middle school and had an opportunity to actually do a partnership with Lee County Schools in Fort Myers, Florida, and IBM back when I was a, a young teacher. And my role was to train teachers in 
Lee County, Fort Myers, on how to truly integrate technology into the classroom. And that's kind of an overused phrase, but it was truly to teach teachers how to use those computers literally all day, every day, as part of rather than uh, something you do in the back of the room. And because of the success that we had at, at my particular school at the time, IBM invited me to come on board quasi full time. And so I actually worked out of their offices as an educator because it was a business partnership. Mm -hmm. I worked out of their offices for two years and I supported, I guess you would say, the sales team in that once they made the sale, then I went into the schools and said, okay, let me tell you how to use it. Or I might have gone in ahead of time and said, let me show you how this is going to work. Mm -hmm. So I had, I had a tremendous opportunity there to kind of step out of my comfort zone of education, but use what I knew in a business sense. And I kind of got an entrepreneurial bug at that moment. And so I went back into the schools two years later as, a, as a, an administrator. My husband and I were, were moved, to, or he was promoted, and we moved to Orlando in 1996. And this grant became available and I had been in Orange County for three months and I received a phone call and they said could you come talk to us about this grant and interestingly enough it was just kind of like who in the world would want to be principal of an online high school in 1996 because you know no one's going to give up their day job for that so because of my resume and the fact that for me it was no risk I took that job I really believed that the, the education to industry, back to education, was very helpful in uh, making me commodity for that particular role. So I think moving, moving around in and out of your comfort zones and learning other ways to kind of do what you do, I think that that was really helpful to me. And I would recommend it to really anybody who's growing their career. I think also that it really gave me the opportunity to see what a work environment would look like outside the classroom in the four walls of a school. So when I created Florida Virtual School, I created it very much like a business. And I will tell people oftentimes that I designed an organization that I very much wanted to work in. And so we emulated, to a large extent, IBM's way of work and environment very early with the entire virtual telecommuting environment that we have today. So I think that was very key for me. Uh, secondly, I think that uh, one of my secrets to success has been to build family values into our business. And to, uh, if you spoke to most any employee with Florida Virtual School, they would tell you that we are a family, even though we have 750 employees and that we're growing 35-40% a year. So it's very rapid growth. Oh my growth. goodness. <laughs> it has been that way for about four years. Incredible. We consider every person we hire a leader. And I love the terminology of locker room leaders. You have to have them because you can't do that all by yourself, regardless of how great you are at what you do. But if you bring those family values into your organization, you build a great deal of trust. You promote fun in the workday. You have a tremendous amount of support for each other. We help each other. We support each other. We get involved with each other very much like a family. And I think that accounts for that 92% retention rate and attention okay. to them loving their loving what they do. And then the last thing is, I think, is I've always thought never lose touch with why I started what I'm doing. And I believe that 
your leadership ability is so much greater if you are doing something that you love and something that you have great passion about. I will often compare it to my husband's been a career sales person and I think you know how passionate can you be about a, a router it's, uh, <laughs> it's kind of a simplistic comparison yeah. <laughs> but you know each and every day when I get up I think you are impacting the future of education children's lives every day and hopefully having an opportunity to really move education in a direction that it needs to be and should have been a long time ago. And so I have always been determined that I will never take a job that I'm not passionate about. And I think that I've been very fortunate in that I have never been forced to take a job that I have not been quite passionate about. But I think that that has really led me to where I am today. Julie, what a wonderful role model you are for so many people. I really appreciate you sharing your thoughts and comments and uh, very inspirational. And thank you so much. And I want to end by letting our audience know that you can listen to this podcast or contact Julie through USDLA. USDLA's website is www.usdla.org. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to contact us. Julie, thank you very much, and I hope everyone has a wonderful day. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for having me. This podcast is brought to you by Nova Southeastern University's Fischler School of Education and Human Services. The Fischler School has the largest graduate school of education at an accredited university, serving more than 14,000 students each academic year in some 55 cities across the United States, plus approximately 40 other countries. The Fischler School of Education and Human Services is dedicated to the enhancement and continuing support of teachers, administrators, trainers, and others working in related helping professions throughout the world.